What's up, Playlisters? Brian from Playlist Wars here. Just want to let you know that while this show is on hiatus, both Gomez and I have separate shows that are part of the Playlist Wars extended universe, if you will. Gomez has the Sleevy G Show, which you can find at SleevyGPodcasts.com. And I have a new show entitled My Weekly Mixtape, which you can find over at MyWeeklyMixtape.com. Both shows are also available on all podcast platforms just by searching Sleevy G Show or My Weekly Mixtape. And Playlist Wars will be back soon. Thank you guys so much for your continued support of the show. This is Alan Rear and Anthrax tribute band out of Scotland, and you're listening to Playlist Wars. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Playlist Wars. I'm part of the dynamic duo. My name is Gomez, and my partner in crime is Brian Colburn. With our special guest tonight from Major Mixtape, Jason Whistle. What's going on, everybody? What's up? What's up? Hey, guys. How's it going? Glad we could finally have you on our show for once. Hey, I'm the one who's supposed to be asking the questions, not answering them. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I know. We're, we're, we're going to throw some really tough questions at you because Gomez and I are master interviewers. So here's the first one. <laughs> Jason, why are you excited to talk anthrax with us tonight? Okay, so I have to, full disclosure here, Anthrax is actually the reason why my wife and I are together. Oh. Oh, okay. So oh, there's a, a love it, connection for this one. We are talking about the band, correct? Well, if it's not the band, then it was a really, really rough year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, in, in all honesty. Okay, so my wife and I, uh, we went to broadcast college together, and this was... I'm not going to say what year because then you guys know how old I am and I don't want to feel old, but <laughs> thanks. I, <laughs> so I was trying to teach myself how to use the edit system that was there. And the way I was doing that was just, I'm going to, I'm going to put some music in there and give it a try. And she pops her head in the door and she goes, is that anthrax? And I'm not going to say what anthrax song it is because it may end up in the list somewhere. But it's not a well-known Anthrax song. So I turned around and I looked at her and said, you like Anthrax? F*** marry me. <laughs> Two years later, we were married. That is awesome. You see, Gomez, this isn't fair. He's tugging at the heartstrings already. So that could be already getting him votes here. So let's That's... enough of this interview stuff. <laughs> <laughs> let's, get, let's get into the real battle. So in case you guys haven't figured it out yet, tonight we are talking about one of the big four of thrash metal, the Mighty Anthrax. And we've each individually created a playlist with our top 10 favorite songs of theirs, none of which have been shared between the three of us prior to now. Throughout the episode, we'll each reveal our track ones through track tens one by one and craft what we each feel is the perfect Anthrax playlist. After the episode, we turn it over to you, the amazing playlisters, to vote at PlaylistWarsPodcast.com to decide which one of the three of us got it right. Also at PlaylistWarsPodcast.com, you can also listen to each one of our playlists just in case you want to quote-unquote hear where we're coming from with our choices. So instead of another terrible question, Jason, why don't you just lead us off with your track one? Okay, so full disclaimer here, and Brian, I'm sure you will appreciate this. Whenever I'm putting a playlist together, I have to kind of put it in the order of the way I would want to hear the songs at a concert. So if I was going to see 
Anthrax play live with this ideal playlist, regardless of era, I am starting with random acts of senseless violence from Stomp 442. Like, first off, I, I know we're going to get into the whole John Bush versus Joey Belladonna era thing. And I got into Anthrax a little on the later side, around persistence of time. And yes, Sound of White Noise was a phenomenal album. But for me, Stomp 442 was the first time I ever really went through an album, like had that cassette in my Walkman non-stop. That is, I'll say, I think Stomp 442 is one song away from a perfect album. There's one song on there that I think you can just kind of get rid of. But Stomp 442, I know it doesn't get the love that it should. And Random Acts of Sense of Violence, it kicks off the album and it, it would be killer to hear a concert start with this song. It's just such a driving beat. It's such a killer song all the way through. I love the track. Unfortunately, nothing from Stomp 442 made my list. But man, Paul Crook's lead guitar in that song is absolutely awesome. I love the song, but it was really tough for me balancing out my playlist, as you talked about already, between John and Joey and neil and dan nelson i don't, I don't think anyone <laughs> yeah you know, that bootleg recording that dan nelson is on that everyone wants to forget yeah no yeah exactly so gomez random acts of senseless violence no i it did not make mine i'm gonna have to say jason um you really picked something that was way out of my comfort zone you thought country was bad thrash metal's up there with me I, I don't get me wrong i've been to an anthrax concert once or twice with brian he knows that because he bought the tickets <laughs> so i paid him back for it too i appreciate that <laughs> <laughs> but i gotta say um listening to some of the stuff i actually had to appreciate some of the material that they did have and surprisingly where some of the music came from so like i said it, it did not make mine i didn't get a chance to hear that song so i might get a little boo on that one but i'm opening up a little bit more to anthrax so i probably will come across that again i will say i th i think of the big four and this may be a bold statement of the big four when they started doing those big four concerts i personally think anthrax like from that first big four concert and on has been putting out the best stuff of the big four okay i think that's a fair statement because the 2010s were a great decade in the world of Anthrax. Mm -hmm. I 100% agree with that. Metallica gave us Lulu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Gomez, being you're taking the Eric Church approach with this. The Cinderella story. <laughs> you will probably win today. But with that being said, now I'm curious. <laughs> let's hear how you kicked off your track list. So, I kicked off my track list with actually a song I do remember with Anthrax. And... It was probably one of my favorite hip-hop groups. Public Enemy, Bring the Noise. How can you go wrong with hip-hop meets thrash metal? And Chuck D singing with them, actually. I uh, never thought I'd hear that part, you know what I mean? Uh, it was such a great song, and uh, it did make um, one of my favorite video games growing up on the PlayStation, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. So I was like, wow, I totally forgot about that as I was doing my research. And I just truly love this. This is the way I'm going to open it up. Bring the noise. Track one. Pro Skater 2 had the best soundtrack, though, I think. I know, didn't the Tony it? Hawk games. Oh, it was killer. It was awesome. And it, I would play it for hours. I do remember having imprints of PlayStation marks on my thumbs, though. 
Well, 1991's Attack of the Killer Bees is one of my favorite B-side compilations ever. I absolutely love this album. It's probably close to, if not in my top three Anthrax albums. It's just so much fun. It doesn't take itself too seriously. But Bring the Noise which reached number 14 on the UK singles chart and was ranked number 12 on VH1's 2006 list of the 40 greatest metal songs. I don't know if I'd call it metal, but look, songs like this and Run DMC and Aerosmith's Walk This Way really paved the way for new metal music, for rock and rap to become one. Without these two songs, I don't know if that would have merged the way they did. And it is an iconic, iconic song. It's my track nine. This is the band's biggest hit. And to deny the impact that it had on music history, you just can't. And I'm a big hip-hop fan. I'm a big metal fan. And when two genres that I love get merged together, kind of like what I talk about A Tribe Called Quest, where they merged hip-hop and jazz music, Mm -hmm. it really strikes a chord with me on a musical level. And when I first heard this, I I already knew I had Fear of a Black Planet. I loved Public Enemy. And when I heard it with Anthrax, I'm like, okay, this is next-level stuff here. This is a lot of fun. And to not include it on a list, for me was impossible because of the fact that it really spearheaded a new genre. Gomez, I know you're a huge Linkin Park fan. Oh, yeah. I don't think you're having Linkin Park if you didn't have oh, collaborations no. like this. No, no. I mean, Linkin Park, I'm so looking forward to the day we actually do discuss it, but I give them a lot of props on that, too. Well, this is awesome. So we have a crossover right now. Jason, do we have a trifecta on this one? I'm just thinking of all the albums and bands like you said that wouldn't happen like limp biscuit probably wouldn't have happened the spawn soundtrack probably wouldn't have happened the judgment night soundtrack probably would not have happened and i fought with this one like this list went through a metamorphosis while, while you know waiting to be on the show and brian you said to be able to to make a list and not have the song would be impossible for me, yes, but I think I can see where this is going. I'm going to do the impossible and not put it on the list. <laughs> oh, wow, wow. As, and it, it, it was hard because as much as I love the video and as much as I loved, honestly, the minute you hear like that little drum intro of you don't go, yeah, boy, you know, <laughs> leading into it, you know, full flavor, flavor, motion. But it's hard because I think it was just overplayed for me. You know, as much as Anthrax, like you said, Anthrax, musical pioneer when it comes to this i don't think they get a lot of the credit that they should get for the ideas that they put forth for the musicianship that they have but bring the noise i think it's great but i don't think it's one of their best songs iconic yes groundbreaking yes one of their best songs not on my top 10 list i respect that opinion and in my mind This is why I was telling you before we started why I'm so nervous about this episode, because Anthrax and metal in general, people are very passionate about their opinions. And there are going to be some people that are currently screaming at Gomez and I saying, how dare you put the hip hop cover 
in Anthrax's playlist. But then there's the other side of me that says, but it's a cultural moment in music that you can't deny the impact of it. And no matter how many times I hear it, it's still a fun Anthrax song. And for me personally, it's one that I grew up with. And it was when a lot of my friends who didn't listen to metal gave me a chance to give them Anthrax songs because they were into Bring the Noise. So for me, it was a gateway drug in order to play them other songs by the band that I enjoyed. So having that in the list to me was important because if somebody's hearing Anthrax for the first time and and they're looking at my list, I wanted to give them a representation of all that the band is about. And before we move on from Bring the Noise, I always like to bring up cover songs where applicable. And here is the one instance on tonight's episode that I can bring in a halfway decent Anthrax cover. It was from the 2000 compilation called Take a Bite Out of Rhyme, a rock tribute to rap. And it's actually stained with Limp Biscuit, who you just mentioned, Jason, doing a cover of Bring the Noise. Is it as good as Anthrax and Public Enemy? No, but it's fun. Definitely worth checking out. So moving on from Bring the Noise, my track one. I was introduced to Anthrax by my cousin who handed me a copy of the cassette EP of I'm the Man. So the first taste of Anthrax that I ever got was a novelty song. Let's just call it what it is. It's a great song. I love it. But it's a novelty song. They originally were going to have the Beastie Boys do the vocals on it, but They couldn't work that out, so they did it themselves. But when I think about Anthrax, had I not heard I'm the Man, I would not have given 1988's State of Euphoria a chance. And because my cousin gave me that tape of I'm the Man, I went out and bought State of Euphoria on cassette when it was released. And the first true studio Anthrax song that I was introduced to is my track one, Be All, End All. Just a monster riff, a monster song, and State of Euphoria kind of gets a bad rap. People, I don't think, look at this album with as much regard as they should because there are some really amazing tracks on this album, and I had to include this one as my start. So Be All, End All, track one, 1988's State of Euphoria. That's actually my number six, Brian. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Truly, uh an empowering aggressive rocker song. That's the best way I could say it. And I love it, man. I, I was surprised and I, I, I just didn't know where to put it. So I had to put it on my, as a, as my number six track six for me. All right. I guess we're giving Jason another chance to either give us a trifecta or be tonight's trifecta killer. What do we got, man? I'm kind of hashtag team Gomez on this one because it's also my track six. Oh, Ooh. so that Ooh. makes Gomez. If I made a track six, we would have had our first, ever bingo, bingo yeah. and i just blew the bingo on this one so. <laughs> here's the thing for me when i was in high school i took orchestra so i played upright bass you know for the my five years in high school and be all end all comes on and you hear that cello off yeah. the top and there's something about a solo string instrument in a metal song not to mention the fact that be all end all really showcases not just joey as a singer but Frankie Bello as a backup singer, like mm-hmm. I put him up there with Michael Anthony as bassists who really make the falsetto work in hard rock. Those two guys, like, yes, Joey Belladonna has a phenomenal voice. I think it's made better 
when Frank Bellow sings with him. And this is one of those songs that just elevates all that is Anthrax, the musicianship, the vocals, and just the songwriting in general. So, yeah, it's my number six be all end all. Wow. All right. And we got our first trifecta of the night. I love it. Well, let's go for another one. Jason, what do you got for track two? For track two, I'm bringing us back to the John Bush era. Sound of White Noise. When Anthrax announced that they were switching from Joy Belladonna to John Bush, especially when you think about it, that was kind of like peak Anthrax. Bring the Noise was out. They were all over MTV. And then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, we switched singers. And then they put in Sound of White Noise. And it's phenomenal. And it's constantly played on much music up here in Canada. Two singles came off of that album. Only... And my number two, Room for One More. There is just such a pounding, driving beat behind this song. I know only gets a lot of the attention, especially when Joey came back to the band and they did the, the Big Four tour. And I think that's maybe the only time that we've heard Joey sing a John Bush era song. Oh, yeah. Live was, was him doing only. And Joey killed it. He absolutely killed it. I'm still shocked it's not in their set list now. He did such a great job on it. I am shocked they have not continued to move forward with that. Oh, one. there was a handful of songs in the John Bush era that I would love to hear Joey's voice on. But I don't know if Room for One More is actually one of them. Room for One More is very much a John Bush song. And to me, was the stronger of the two releases off of the album. Well, unfortunately, that one did not make my list. But I will say that... I definitely represent Sound of White Noise tonight, but I love this track as well. I love the album. To me, Sound of White Noise is up there with Motley Crue's self-titled for a record-scratching lead singer change that totally makes you feel like you're listening to a new band. Gomez? No, I did not make my playlist, unfortunately. Um, I don't know. Something about that song, I liked it, but I, I just couldn't put it in my playlist. All right, Gomez, then we're back to you for track two. So track two, fight them till you can't. I really wanted to make this number one, but I couldn't do it. Truly an awesome song. It was from the initial song to be released with the worship music. And it has like this, um, I guess best way to call it, a thrashy vibe to it. It should. So it's one of those things. So this is my track two, fight them till you can't. Look, this is the song. This is the one song that you can go on YouTube and hear Dan Nelson singing vocals on from some of their live concerts. And to be honest, the guy's got a good metal voice. It's kind of Pantera-y, but it doesn't fit with Anthrax as far as I'm concerned. And once I heard Joey singing it, I'm like, that's the way it's supposed to sound. That feels right to me. I don't know why, because they really are vastly different singers. Whereas I feel like Dan Nelson was kind of a combination between Bush and Belladonna, but definitely more leaning towards Bush with a sprinkle of Phil and Salmo on there as well. But I love worship music. It is a fantastic album and a great return to form for the band. Could be one of their best, really. And it's newer, and I get it. It's going out of the 80s, but damn, is it good. Unfortunately, that song did not make my list from that album, but I do represent it because it needs to be represented. Jason. Again, I'm team Gomez, not, not in that spot because fight until you can't 
is my number 10 song. Oh, you close with it. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, like I'm putting this as a concert set list and that song would slay as a closer. I remember the stretch from when, you know, they, they tried to do the reunion with Joey and then he was out of the band again. And there was that gap, the Dan Nelson gap, you know, that, that little break, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And then of course, like they had this concert on uh, Sonosphere over in the UK. And then John Bush came back for that one. And I was like, Oh, is John back in the band? And then John wasn't back in the band. And I'm like, Oh, and then they brought Joey back. And I was curious as to how these songs were going to sound and fight him till you can't. It is, it is a return to the best Joey Belladonna era there was the songwriting on on the whole album all the way through worship music all the way through and you know kudos to the producer jay rustin who really brought the best out of the mix you know and rob caggiano as their lead guitarist Mm -hmm. when you think about the two albums that he played on you know we've come for you all and worship music and anthems as well he brought so much like i think as much as I like, I love what Dan Spitz did, and you know, and Paul Crook as well, and, and even the, the the solos that Dimebag did on four four two, I don't think Anthrax had a better guitar duo than when it was Rob Caggiano and Scott Ian, and you even heard it when they were in the Damn Things together. Mm-hmm. You know that that little one off supergroup, they just work so well. And this song, whenever you hear it live, it's a killer. It is an absolute kill. And again, it showcases Joey's voice very well. It would not be a good Dan Nelson song. Man. Well, that makes me the trifecta killer for this one. But again, I love worship music. And I'll say this. People are going to crap on Dan Nelson, but he's got writing credits on a ton of those songs. I don't know if the writing credit is from the original lyrics or if he added some music input into it. But regardless, that cannot be denied because Worship Music is a fantastic album. As far as Rob goes, I'm actually sad that he's in Volbeat now because I miss him in the Anthrax fold. I would have loved to hear him playing on For All Kings. Oh, that would have been so good. Again, nothing against John Denae. No, nothing at all. Like, I've seen Anthrax live with John and with Rob and with Dan, and all three iterations have just been phenomenal. But I agree that the duo of Rob and Scott together you think of like that Krista Garmo, Michael Wilton, Queensryche era. That's mm-hmm. the kind of like just perfect guitar duo together. All right. Well, with that being said, we're moving on to my track two. Feeling guilty right now, but here's where I'm going to probably <laughs> start losing people. I get it. And I don't care. I'm a bass player. And the first time I got 1990s Persistence of Time. I salivated at the opening bass line to this song. As simple as it was, I was not familiar with the original. And yes, I'm going with a cover song. And no, I don't care. Got the time from Persistence of Time. I love this cover. I didn't know it was a cover when I first got it. My parents enlightened me. I heard the original and said, nope, Anthrax is better. Sorry, Joe Jackson fans. And I get it. Joe Jackson is not a fan. He's called their version clumsy. And basically, he said, point blank, the way I feel about it is, thanks for the royalties, guys. So he's not a big fan of it, but I am. I would go as far as to say that 
Got the Time is the punkiest Anthrax song that they have in their catalog. And I'm a big punk fan. And I just really, really, really love this track. So I apologize to the purists that are going to get upset with me for picking covers. But when a band makes a cover their own that you almost kind of remove the fact that it's a cover to me, it should be included in, in, in a conversation about them. So I could not not include this one. Track two, got the time. Nice pick, Brian. It did not make my list, unfortunately. All right. Jason? As a bassist, I would hang my head in shame if this wasn't on my list. It's number Thank three you. for me. All right. Oh, so now we go right to number three on that note. Oh, yeah. abso- absolutely. Like, and again, as a bassist, you know, when you heard this song or when you saw the video on, you know, I'll say much music, you guys say MTV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a bassist, you want to sit there and go, I want my bass to sound like that. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what it is about Frank Bellow's tone, but it's always crisp. It, it doesn't get lost in the mix. He's not a pick player. It's that's the thing. He's not a pick player. It's all pizzicato for him. And it sounds pristine. And the, the song is just so much fun. And especially when you get to the chunk right in the middle. You know, that little almost locomotive breakdown. It's just like, it, it feels like the drums and the guitars are a little out of time with each other, but then they all just come right back in. As a musician, not just as a bassist, but as a musician, there's a lot of little bits in there where you sit there and go, yep, yeah, I am sold on this song. It, it, it is my track number three. Bassists unite on this one. Any bassist that says they don't like this song, it, they're playing the wrong bass. Hashtag bassists unite. And that and the solo that he does in the middle, the doodle like it's funky and thrashy at the same time. I feel like I'm an Oreo cookie right now between two bases and I'm just a cream <laughs> filling. <laughs> oh, all right, Gomez. Well, on that uh, horrifying note, let's go back to you for track three. We'll, we'll send you a base and then we can you know do our cover of Spinal Tap's Big Bottoms. Oh, my God. Perfect. Perfect. Oh, my God. So track three. I went a little, I don't know how you say it, a little mental on this one. I went with Madhouse. Come on, it's a song and it's going. you're going insane, which sometimes I feel like I am. Um, it was released as a third single from their second album, uh, Spreading the Disease. Uh, the song was definitely written with an up-tempo and heavy, heavy guitarist. I love it. But also, as you know me with my video games, Brian, it was in my one-time ultimate favorite video games, Grand Theft Auto Vice <laughs> City. <laughs> and... What could I say, man? That that song fits the game, though, you know, for going insane because that you you have to be a little little crazy to play Grand Theft Auto for as many years as I have, and I still play it. Hint, hint, Rockstar sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> but also, I don't know if you guys knew about it, but um, you know, MTV banned the video. But I guess you know, if you uh... could ban Andrew Dice Clay, I guess you could ban a video too. You know what I mean? I, I unbelievable. Yeah, I I don't agree with that, but I thoroughly agree with your track three pick because that's also my track three wow so i actually have done two tracks and have matched both of you guys here yeah yeah so three, unfortunately three if, if jason picks the song it he be a bingo. is the bingo killer of this one but if yeah, he doesn't he pick be. it he's the trifecta killer so <laughs> regardless i could not not include that one in 2009, the track was named the 46th best hard rock song of all time by VH1. Hard rock, eh, 
Love the pick. Love the placement too, Gomez. Props thank you, on thank that. You. Jason, Thanks. do we have a trifecta with that one? No bingo for you. No trifecta for you. Ooh. As good a song as Matt has. And it's a live staple. Like, I don't think, and I've seen Anthrax a lot. I don't think there's been a show where they haven't played Madhouse. And maybe that's why it's not on my list. Yeah, it it's just be. a little bit of overkill. I mean, yes, when you think of Anthrax, Madhouse is going to be one of those songs that constantly pops up. And I think because of that, it's not on my list. It's kind of okay. funny that you say that, Jason. Uh, they recently were in Sturgis, and that was their number two opening <laughs> on their set list, actually. Oh, and they would riot if they didn't play it. Yeah. That would be like going to see Iron Maiden and them not playing Run to the Hills. That's true. That can cause a riot. Which, for the record, I have seen Iron Maiden live not play Run to the Hills. Did you really? They were up here in Toronto. They had Dream Theater opening for them. And Run to the Hills was not played. Wow. That's ballsy. I, I walked out in a state of shock similar to the the state of shock the first time you saw Infinity War. Ooh. And it's just like, they, they, they didn't play it. How? <laughs> did, How did they miss a song? They? There's probably or, people still in the stadium waiting for them to come out for the encore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, with that said, Jason, we're back to you for track four. Track four. Okay. So Anthrax... As much as you know, they are pioneers of the thrash world, part of the big four, one of the biggest moments, and aside from you know, really starting you know, and solidifying the rap metal genre, one of the things that they are most known for was appearing on this little TV show called Married with Children. <laughs> and on that show, the episode was actually titled My Dinner with Anthrax. And on that show, A, it just showcased how much fun they were. I mean, you saw it in the videos and then you saw it come across in Married with Children and you can't not associate fun with Anthrax. But on that show, they performed the song In My World. If you want a song that's just musically phenomenal, infinitely catchy chorus, like all the way through In My World is is just one of those songs that I think really kind of sprung off the CD and maybe not what you would expect from them when they were on Married with Children. But it's a killer song. Like if you, anyone who doesn't like In My World, go watch the show and you might actually have a better appreciation for the song because of it. I love the way you think, Jason. <laughs> Christina, Christina Applegate was my high school crush. Seeing her headbanging to that song, I was just like, how can I not include that on my list? That's my oh. track six. I absolutely love this song. It kicks off my quote-unquote side two. I absolutely love Persistence of Time. It's probably my favorite Anthrax album. And I know because that one, while State of Euphoria was my first album listening to them, I feel like musically it just, this album spoke to where I was musically at the time. Absolutely love the pick. That's my track six. Gomez, do we have a trifecta? I guess I'm the trifecta killer on that one. No. Oh. Oh man, Christina Applegate. Oh man, all right. Shocked, but all right. Now I'm curious to hear what your track four is. So track four, I went off the album "Sounds of White Noise," and I went with a movie that actually reminded me of this song. And I hadn't watched the movie again. 
And we're going to take it back to 1994 with a Brendan Fraser movie and Adam Sandler, Airheads, the song London. Oh. Yeah. And I'll tell you, one thing is I love that part. The, the part of the movie is that, is that Joe Montagna is the DJ for this rock station that is turning into a soft, easy listening. And he said, you know what? We're going to rock it out. And hearing this song, you hear the distortion of the guitar and you hear the bass just go into it. And you hear him like, warp speed, Mr. Zulu. He just pumps it up. And you hear everyone going crazy. People outside going nuts. Everyone's going nuts. Everyone's jumping around because it's just one of those hyped up songs. Everyone's going nuts. And this is one of my favorite songs, London, uh, from the Airhead movie, 1994. What could I say, man? Uh, dude, say no more. I have that soundtrack. I love that soundtrack. My favorite song on the soundtrack, though, is... Motorhead's Born to Raise Hell with yes. Ice-T and Whitfield Crane singing with them. That one is just a fun version of a fantastic Motorhead song, but I, I love the soundtrack. It was like a stupid, stupid comedy movie, but I'd tell you, it brought some good rock, like good thrash music in that one, and I was very surprised that Anthrax was in that soundtrack and in the movie, too. Yeah, it was a great, great soundtrack. Yeah. So, Jason, London? I, you know what? As I was going through my list, I went through like all the different soundtracks they were on. This Beavis and Butthead to America, Last Action Hero, Last Action, Last Action Hero, Hero, Bordello of Blood. Mm-hmm. But no, London just didn't make the cut. As fun as that movie is, and my wife absolutely loves Airheads. It, it, it is a fun movie. <laughs> she, but... might, she might now vote for me now, Jason. You got to be careful. <laughs> I, I have lost my wife to Team Gomez. <laughs> <laughs> Sleevy G stealing people's wives for votes now. This is getting really out of hand. I was about to say, it's the no sleeves. Sun's out, guns out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, London didn't make the list. <laughs> All right. So we're going on to my track four here. Track four, I'm actually going to go with it, an album that for a while, for a very long while, was never on streaming which is another reason why i don't like streaming but we could save that for another discussion 2003's we've come for you all i absolutely love this album and this one gets a lot of flack because people kind of say it's their quote-unquote new metal album but when you have a song with a a riff that's as massive as refuse to be denied you cannot deny the song sorry it's kind of the only thing i could think of to use for that but <laughs> it is a monster monster riff john bush's scream in the beginning just melts through the speakers it's raw it's visceral and the song absolutely rocks sure it's far removed from the thrash that they did in the 80s and that they've picked back up in the 2010s but man when i think about the john bush era this is probably my second favorite John Bush era track. It's an absolute monster. And I'll be curious to see uh, what your guys thoughts are on it. Well, it's actually not on my list. I do agree that we've come for you all all the way through. Like there are so many good songs. And again, it was one of those things where this is why I think Rob Caggiano brought so much to anthrax. The songwriting on we've come for you all was such an elevation from volume eight. It's almost like he brought a bit more of a blues background to it mm-hmm. as, as opposed to just, you know, Psalm 442 and volume eight, which had 
you know, for lack of a better term, a more industrial feel to it. But yeah, no, it's that album is so good. There are so many good songs. And I trust me, if you take a look at the list of songs on my list that didn't make the cut, there's a lot from that album. And unfortunately, Refuse to Be Denied is on there. But for anyone who is curious about that, though, highly recommend finding the live album they did from that tour, Music of Mass Destruction. They killed on that tour. That was actually the first time I got to see them live was on that tour and opening for Motorhead in Montreal. Such a good show. Killer album all the way through, but unfortunately, Refuse to Be Denied did not make my list. Gomez? Sorry, I didn't make mine either. All right. So with that being said, we're up to track five. Jason, back to you. But we're going to stay on that album for my number five song. I talked about how good Frankie Bello is as a bassist. And we've talked about how good the vocalists are. Charlie Benanti, as a drummer, like not just you know because he's the main songwriter as well for Anthrax, he is a phenomenal drummer. His blast beats kill so much. I remember seeing Anthrax here at the Danforth Music Hall in Toronto. Just to give you an idea of how monstrous a drummer he is. There were paint chips falling from the ceiling from how loud the drums were. That's how powerful a drummer he is. And I don't think there's a song in the Anthrax discography that showcases him as much as nobody knows anything from that album. It is, it's a drum showcase piece. Like any drummers, I know Mike Portnoy gets talked about a lot as having like, you know, phenomenal drum skills. Mike Mangini as well. Everyone talks go listen to nobody knows anything you will your mind will be blown at the drum fills on that it's absolutely ridiculous i could not agree more that album again i still don't know why there's a i don't want to say hate because it's not a hate but there's a genuine almost dislike for it like some fans would like to scrub that from the discography and i think you hit the nail on the head with the industrial feel to volume eight and and stomp it's not industrial like Megadeth's Risk is industrial, but I could definitely hear that. And you're right. We Come For You All really returns them to Sound of White Noise era of this massive hard rock, not quite thrash metal, but certainly not straight up. I don't want to say straight up hard rock either, but you get where I'm saying. There's so many levels with rock music and where this one could be classified. But I love the pick, but unfortunately, I only did one song from that album, and that was Refused to be Denied. I love how you we keep bringing up the, the idea of industrial, because we mentioned that they were on Married with Children. They appeared on another sitcom as well, a little bit later on, during the John Bushes. They were on an episode of News Radio. Oh, yeah, you're right. And Maura Tierney was like, you know, the stand-in host for like MTV News, knew nothing about anthrax and she said they're going to yeah it's really heavy it's and they're like industrial yeah industrial we're not industrial (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome did not make my track list though okay well then gomez we'll stick with you for your track five so track five i went with a song uh medusa one of the lyrics i truly like trapped in this nightmare i wish i'd wake as for my whole life begins to shake four walls surround me an empty gaze. I can't find my way out of this maze. I can say it kind of re- reminds me of my back in the day kind of way a little bit. I love the opening to the drums and the guitar riff on this song, the beginning of the song. And it's just for me, it was a truly awesome 
uh, headbanging song, and I truly like it, and it had some just everything you could think of. Number five, Medusa, goes on this one for me. Awesome pick. I love spreading the disease, but when I started listening to Anthrax, it was after it, so spreading the disease was part of my backwards slide into Anthrax. So I really didn't visit that album more than once, and I did it with Madhouse. I could have used AIR as well. I mean, there's so many good songs on there, but I love the pick. Unfortunately, did not make my list. Jason? This song was, like you, I, I kind of got into them a little bit late, and I went forward into the, the John Bush years. But I saw them on that reunion tour with Joy Belladonna. And Brian, maybe you'll agree with me on this one. When you're playing a show, and there's a your favorite song on the set list not necessarily like the song that people love to hear the song that you love to play the most you get hype you almost have like that little burst of energy even if it's the third set of the night you get hyped to play that song yep and when joey got up on stage and went medusa it's like oh my god this is awesome Ever since Joey went back into the band and Medusa's become, you know, a mainstay of their live show, it's a showcase song for him. It absolutely is a showcase song for Joey Belladonna. This is one of those songs where I don't know. I know they did The Greater of Two Evils with John Bush redoing a lot of the Joey Belladonna era songs. I don't know if John Bush would sound good doing Medusa. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah. It, was, it, as, it leans way too much to Joey's. I don't want to say smoother, but I think you know what I'm saying when I say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it did make my list. It is number seven on my list. And the number seven spot was hard for me to fill. I flip-flopped on number wow. seven. And Medusa stuck the landing for me. So that makes me a trifecta killer on that one tonight. But a lot of crossovers tonight, which I think is absolutely fantastic. I love it. But it's song. kind of funny. Hey, Brian. Jason did mention Team Gomez like three times. <laughs> hey, someone's got to get the hashtag going, right? <laughs> oh, my God. So going back to what I had mentioned earlier, we talked about 2011's worship music. Oh. And you guys both picked Fight Him Till You Can't. I said there was another song that I just liked more. And I love Fight Him Till You Can't. But my track five is my absolute favorite song on that album and damn if it's not one of the most monstrous anthrax riffs the devil you know i absolutely love this song this is a massive massive anthrax tune and i can't say enough how great the 2010 decade was between worship music and for all kings two amazing grossly underrated albums in their catalog as a whole. And I wanted to represent them with what I felt was the strongest song on both of those albums. And that would be my track five, the devil, you know, good one, Brian. Good one. Did not make my list. Unfortunately, I thought about it. I thought about because every now and then a music video brings so much out of a song. And if you've ever seen the music video for the devil, you know, it's basically their lead up to playing Yankee stadium at that big four show mm-hmm. and it's such you know you had, you had like the the muted colors at the beginning when they're just jamming then there was the night show and then like the big yankee stadium show that i actually i directed a music video for a band here and when i was planning out the shoot that was the inspiration for the way we shot it wow 
they're definitely not a thrash band by any stretch of the imagination. You know, it was very much more a, for lack of a better term, a pop rock song. But I'm like, yeah, and this is kind of how I'm basing it off. I used an Anthrax video as inspiration to shoot another video. And as much as I love the song, as much as I love the video, it did not make my list. Well, as an aside, if you send me the link, we'll post it up on PlaylistWarsPodcast.com so people could see the video if they know the Devil You Know video as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, now we're at the point of the show where if this was a cassette or a vinyl LP, you'd flip it over. But unfortunately, because Jason and Gomez agreed on be all end all <laughs> and I had in my world and Jason's track seven was Medusa. This record skips a little bit. So it goes all the way back to Gomez's track seven. So, wow. First, yeah, it was a big, <laughs> long scratch on this one. Definitely. Definitely. So, so Gomez track seven. So track seven. I don't know. I, I might get bonus points. I might not, but I'm going to take it back to November 23rd, 1993. When the Beavis and Butthead Experience CD comes out, Anthrax is on this, and they cover a song, Brian, originally by the Beastie Boys, looking down the barrel of a gun. And I always, for some reason, I resonate to Beavis and Butthead growing up. I always loved their show and just their their stupidness of how dumb they are. But also, it's just like, it, I think it was Butthead. He goes, hey, Beavis, remember when we partied with Anthrax? Yeah, yeah, they were cool. <laughs> You know, it just and then they just go into the song. Truly awesome song. I love the original too from BC Boys, but Anthrax really did a good job performing it with a heavy distortion on the song. And I think they did a great job. So number seven, looking down the barrel of a gun. Great song. I did not pick anything from their non-album tracks, but I, I do love the Beavis and Butthead experience and I love their cover of this. Unfortunately, did not make my list tonight. Jason? <laughs> the song's not on my list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not on. It's not on. <laughs> oh my god, you sound, you remind me of an old old friend of mine who used to do, used to do Beavis really well. It's a, a absolutely cool song. And then you know the song they had on Last Action Hero, Poison My Eyes. Like I was juggling those two songs, but yeah, did not make the list for me. Yeah, Last Action Hero. <laughs> Let's not talk about that movie. Oh, the movie is horrible. Well, the soundtrack is great, but the movie the is horrible. The soundtrack was, oh, God, yes. It was just one of Arnie's worst, worst movies. But thank God for that soundtrack, man. Yeah, that's mm. the only thing that saved it. Thank God for ACDC and Anthrax. Yeah. <laughs> and Queensryche. Right. Oh, yeah, Queensryche was in that, too. I forgot. All right, so now we're on to my track seven. And for this one, I'm going back to 1987's Among the Living. Song reached number 32 on the UK singles charts. And this is the kind of song that actually made me talk to my comic book friends and ask a lot of questions. And we're talking about Judge Dredd and I Am The Law. I actually heard the song originally live from the I'm The Man cassette EP that my cousin gave me. And it was a song like this that made me say, hmm, I wonder what their other stuff sounds like. And I kind of, after I had bought State of Euphoria started going backwards. This was the first song that jumped out at me from that because I just love the riff. The riff is absolutely iconic. It is that chugging anthrax thrash. And there are so many songs from that era that I could I could have put here. And I literally was bouncing different songs in my track seven place list. But at the end of the day, I had to go with I Am The Law. 
I am the law. Sorry, I, I couldn't resist. That was Sylvester Stallone's only oh, one liner. Sylvester Stallone. I, I thought you were having a stroke. No, <laughs> no that was. Hey, he sounded like he was having a stroke with that <laughs> lip of his. I am the law. I am the law. Adrian. Oh wait, wrong movie. I, 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 I be Stallone doing Beavis. <laughs> no, I did not make my list. Actually. It was hard because I was flip flopping back and forth with this and my uh, my track eight, but uh, I, I thought track eight was a little bit better. It's not on my list either, uh, and yeah, Anthrax, especially Scott Ian, like such a huge comic book fan, and they just put out the uh, if I remember correctly, it's the I'm Among the Living graphic novel to you know kind of help celebrate the 40th anniversary. Love the song, love Judge Dredd, love our impressions of Stallone. <laughs> wish we could have another Carl Urban Judge Dredd with that song in it, but unfortunately, it's not on my list. All right, so then we're back to you for your track eight. I think I'm going to make Brian happy with this one. Uh oh, you are? I am. Wow. I'm going with the cover. <laughs> now, if you take a look at Anthrax's discography, there's a lot of covers in there, and I don't think there's a band that has done as many covers as they have owned almost every single one of them and kind of made it their own and in between worship music and for all kings they put out the anthems ep there are some absolutely killer killer covers on this and they did get a a grammy nomination for their cover of tnt off that album Mm -hmm. but the song that made my number eight is their cover of smokin by boston oh yeah Awesome pick. Oh, first of all, Joey Belladonna's voice on this entire EP is in pristine condition. They're covering Rush. They're covering ACDC. They're covering Journey. They're covering Boston. They're covering Cheap Trick. They are literally like all the way through. And Joey owns every song on this album like it's his own, like they wrote it. And it's the first time in in my memory that I could think of Anthrax using an organ on their songs. This song, like you run the risk of getting a speeding ticket. If this is on in the car while you're driving down the highway, it is such a great driving song. Highly recommend their cover of smoking. It's my number eight. I was going to say, when you mentioned the keyboards, I was going to say they revisited that with the bonus cover on four all Kings of carry on wayward son. Mm-hmm. And again, Kansas Joey at 60 years old is nailing these vocals like he is 20 still his vocal range is absolutely insane and he is one of those when you talk about a singer like man when I'm 60 I hope I could there are so many singers out there that are younger than him that have let their voice just go to crap here's looking at you Vince Neil oh Joey Belladonna is one of those people that you could say, what is he doing to keep his voice in that amazing a shape at his age? Truly amazing. Yeah. There's no, there's no down tuning for Joey. No, no. And I love that about it. I I just love it. Unfortunately, I do have another cover on my list, but it's not that one, but I love, 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 love the pick. I said it was a good pick, but it didn't make my list. I I'm sorry. I forgot to say that before. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Gomez. So we're back to you for track eight. So track eight, I'm going to be honest with you. I, throughout this whole show, I've been flip-flopping my number eight and my number 10. But I decided to stick to my original list. 
I chose another song off the Worship Music album. And this song actually, I love the entrance with the, I, I want to say it sounds like organ bells or bells and hearing the song and then coming in with the guitar riff and everything. But I went with In the End. And no, not the one from Lincoln Park. <laughs> <laughs> so I went with Anthrax In the End. And I'll tell you, this was a completely different song out of them. And this song actually pays tribute to Dimebag Daryl from Pantera. And also, I believe it was Ronnie from Black Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And it was probably one of those songs they said they remember them always hanging out with each other at the Rainbow Room back in the day in, in California. And this song, I don't know, something about this song, when I hear it, I truly appreciate what Anthrax can do. Not just also a thrash metal, but to play this type of a song was unreal because it was a different version you never would think that it would be anthrax and you know what to resonate with dimebag daryl and the gentleman ronnie from black sabbath you know what this is a great tribute song for both of them it was just unreal and and they always said that daryl was like a sixth member of anthrax he always got always hung out with them always did stuff with them and it's truly a great song so for me in the end number eight when they play it live it's a bit of a gut punch, you know, because they do have the banners up of Dime. Mm -hmm. They've got yeah. the banners up of Brawny. And I remember going to see Scott Ian's spoken word tour. And when you hear him telling the stories of Dime, and you can just tell when they were putting that song together, originally recording it must have been tough. Oh. Must have been like just a, I don't, I don't know how they got through that recording process, at least just to get that song on there. And if you ever wonder, if you ever take a look at the back of Scott Ian's guitar on the neck on his Flying Bees, it says Baldini. Well, that's Dime's nickname for Scott Ian. So that's that. I mean, that's just how much Dime meant. And of course, like when they were having all those problems recording Stomp Four Four Two because the studio burned down, Dime was you know came in and you know and did a few solos for that album, like. I mean, that, that's a brother that they lost. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it, it is a gut punch of a song, but it did not make my list. Unfortunately, I have to say the same thing. The song is fantastic. And in my original list of songs that I had to whittle down, I went with The Devil You Know, but I love that pick. Unfortunately, did not make my list either. And I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of know how Sky and Ian and all them felt because for me, it was when I lost my dad. And I grant it was like 21 years ago, but I still remember like it was yesterday. So this song, I think, kind of hit home for me a little bit when I really did my research on this song. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. for me, it, it, it really hit home. And I know what those guys felt, what they were going through. So for me, it's an awesome tribute song. So, you know, that's that's it for me on that note. But a great song. Great stuff. Great stuff. So moving on to my track eight. When James Hetfield of Metallica calls a track a perfect song, I'm listening. But I knew that this song was perfect the first time I heard it. And Jason, you had mentioned Sound of White Noise earlier. I'm going with the highest charting song from the John Bush era. Yes, deservedly. We talked about the song earlier when Joey sang it live, but only from 1993's Sound of White Noise. When I want to get psyched up for football games when I played my junior, senior year, and in college, this was one of the first songs on my 
cassette that I had in my Walkman. The opening of the song just gets you pumped. It is such an amazing opening. And it grabs your attention. And look, I mean, the opening lyrics, everything is perfect. Everything is sick. That's it. It just grabs your attention. I love that first line so much. I absolutely love the song. Definitely my favorite Bush era track. And in my top three favorite Anthrax songs, only track eight. When I was going through Santa White Noise and like songs that would make my list, there were two that were on my initial cut down list. The first one was Room for One More, which did make my list. The other one was Not Only. The other really? one was Potter's Field. Oh, that's a good one, too, though. That's, that's such a good, a good song. And, and I don't know why, but but only just, to, you know, it, it is. It's a good song, but I just feel it wasn't as good as Room for One More or Potter's Field. John Bush has been talking lately about putting a band together and doing a little mini tour of just John Bush era Anthrax. And I hope that happens because having seen him live with Anthrax, those songs need to be heard live. They did the, the 40th anniversary concert. I was really hoping he would have showed up there. Mm, Not one John Bush era song. And I understand why, but that's a good chunk of time and a good batch of songs that I want to see hit the light of day again, but no only didn't make my list. It did not make mine either. I have, I figured two last good songs. I think that are perfect for my playlist. So it just was not fitting in mine at all. All right. So Jason, we're up to track nine. As we mentioned earlier, mine is bring the noise. What is your track nine? I, I had trouble with this one because I mentioned at the beginning of the show that there was a song that kind of brought my wife and I together and as important as that song is, it wouldn't make a top 10 list of Anthrax songs. You know, if I had an honorable mention at number 11, that song was actually Cup of Joe off of Volume 8. It's like okay. less than a minute long. It's all about needing a cup of coffee. And it somehow brought my wife and I together. But that's not the song. I am going to go back to We've Come For You All. Because again, we talked about how good that album is and we had fight until you can't which it's a song about zombies what doesn't die is another song about zombies but it's killer but remember it's the first song on that cd blows you away the minute you hear it you hear it live your your body is still vibrating from the bass charlie benanti is killing it on there the guitar riff is smoking john bush incredible vocals on it had to go back to we've come for you all what doesn't die is at my number nine gomez um no it did not make my list uh great pick though um but it did not make mine brian unfortunately i only have one song left and it's not that one but again that was part of the songs i had to whittle down i mean jay you and i are right on the same page with this i think the songs we like from anthrax jason it's just which ones made the top 10 because I am in complete agreement with what doesn't die being an amazing, amazing opener, but just did not make my list. And I am noticing looking at my list here on screen that actually closes your track list out because fight them. So you can't was your track 10. Mm-hmm. I had a six, four split between Belladonna and Bush. Nice. Well, six, five, if you count the 11th track of cup of Joe. <laughs> yes, of course. 
That's your 10.5, I guess we'll call it, yes. just because of the great story that went with it. <laughs> All right, Gomez, so what do you got for track nine? So track nine, I went a little something different uh, from Anthrax, again, which kind of surprised me, again, being they're such a huge thrash band. But this song caught my attention. Superhero. And one part of the line, you hear, pray for help and they're just saying that one line it just it's such a great song and i i can resonate a little bit because no one's a superhero you know what i mean we're all trying to look for that person but we're not just an awesome song number nine superhero man uh, i mean look i mean that follows what doesn't die on we come for you all and is right before refuse to be denied so mm-hmm. i can't say a bad thing at all about that pick because again there's i'm so happy that we've come for you all got so much love which I'm surprised episode. that we we didn't talk about like the first single off that album, Safe Home. Yeah, which yeah. is great as well. That was or, on my that's in my 20, definitely. Or taking the music back. Yeah. I would just love to see your 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 full cut down list, like the initial 25, 30 songs that you had to whittle down from there. Oh, I I we could do we could do a part two on this on this i really could i don't know i I don't think i could do a part two because i think i whittled down (laughs) 10 songs that i truly loved you know that was it go best is gonna be like please don't do a part two please don't do a part two (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to figure out how to whittle number another 10 jeez well we are at track 10 like i said jason yours was fight him till you can't gomez what do you have closing out your track list that you were gonna flip within the end so i'm curious to hear what this is now track 10 is finale for me not because it's the last song on my track list just because i like the entrance to this song for some strange reason you hear the guitar come in and it has like an echo to it it's like dun dun, and you hear it echoing slower and slower and slower and then the faster beat of the guitar comes in i'll tell you i truly love that and it's just a good hard head banging song and I could see anybody with long hair going in circles with their hair, probably <laughs> with this song too. You know what I mean? But it's a truly awesome song. I think it's, I don't know if I would call it their ballad song. You know what I mean? I, I thought it was a good hard rock song. Finale number 10 is my last pick on my playlist. Worst track. Well, Jason, obviously it didn't make your list, but did you have any thoughts on it? Uh, it, it it's not a bad track. I, I, I love that you brought up the ballads because I think back to, the attack of the killer bees i was and, just going to say there's only one ballad for me dalafak is new scene or whatever well i mean called. i mean technically speaking bear off of stomp 442 it's the last song remember how i said like stomp 442 has been one song away from a, a complete album yeah that's the yeah. song that we can drop yeah definitely it's it's not bad but it feels like two different songs and then black lodge was a bit darker off of uh, sound of white noise mm-hmm. but yes dalabnik ufison Oh, you you did a much better job than I did. (laughs) (laughs) Just read it backwards. (laughs) I just love to hear that. So I always what I used to do is when I would make mixed cassettes, sometimes I would make them of just power ballads and stuff back in the 80s and 90s or slower songs. And there would always be that space at the end of a side that wouldn't be enough for a full ballad. And that would always make it just to just especially if I was like with my girlfriend at the time and we're listening to it, that she got hit by a truck. 
Joey, Joey, hand me some tissue. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. And now we know why for a very long time you stayed single. Yeah, exactly. You, you, that might have been the very reason. But... <laughs> that's that's not how you make a mixtape. <laughs> Trust me, Jason should know. He owns the show rights. <laughs> well, here, here's another Anthrax thing. Anytime I had very, on any type of mixtape I was making, it didn't matter if it was classic rock, if it was hip hop, if I had any more than three seconds left at the end of a side, I would put the ballad of Jimi Hendrix from Stormtroopers of Death or <laughs> Diamonds and Rust would always make the end of a side of any mixtape I was working on just so that the music took you all the way to the end. Oh, that was yeah. such a good song, too. <laughs> yes. Honestly, I had a hard time not putting an SOD song on this just because of the fact that, yes, it's not Anthrax, but obviously if you've listened to Attack of the Killer Bees, the song Milk, <laughs> came from that album and well, it rocks i mean if they, look. if they can do a song about milk and have a song about needing a cup of coffee put the two together there you go so unfortunately i i love the fact gomez that you closed with something off of state of euphoria because so did i and the song that i closed with was not finale even though that's that's a good song thank you i closed with a cover song that i don't care what anybody says it's not a friggin' cover song. I know it's a cover song. I know there's an original. But when a band takes a song the way Anthrax took Antisocial and made it their own, the original was in French. Obviously, I never heard it when I heard this version. It wasn't until, I'd say, the last decade that I actually heard the original. And I went, yeah, it's okay. It ain't Anthrax. And to me, this song was always one of my favorite Anthrax tunes, especially from the Joey years. It is thrashy. It is fun. It is a great concert closer. Gomez, when we saw them open for Lamb of God and Slayer at PNC Bank, they closed with this. And I just, mm -hmm. I took that moment in. I just loved hearing that. And yeah, I know it's, it's kind of an on-the-nose song and everyone's like, oh, it's yet another cover song. I'm sorry, but Anthrax really made that their own. Obviously, didn't make either one of your lists, but I would be curious to hear uh, your thoughts on it. They did absolutely kill it. I, I said it earlier. I don't know of any other band that has as many covers in their discography and owned every single one of them. And I'm I'm kind of kicking myself for not putting their cover of uh, Alphidishen mm -hmm. from Cheap Trek <laughs> mm -hmm. into the yeah. list, but Again, killer version of it. I remember that was on, I think it was called like Hard Music Volume 1 or something like that. One of those just, you know, cassette compilations of like all these like really hard songs. There was a King's X on there. There was uh, Motley Crue from the John Karabi era, Smoke the Sky was on there. Like, oh, yeah, it was I a, remember that one. Yeah. yeah. It was it was a solid cassette, and their cover of, of Alfie Shen was on that. Uh, yeah. If I can say Dalbnik Ufison, I can say Alfie Shen. Uh, <laughs> Am I getting a French lesson here? Jeez. Uh, no, you're getting uh, backwards language and German, I think. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, okay, so that shows where my... Damn, I'm going back to Cuba. <laughs> well, let's see. We had French song, backwards song titles, and German song titles. So we're, we're good. It's educational. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I got my well, education. <laughs> look, Jason, when you talk about covers, I'm just looking at the screen right now. You have two covers on your track list. Mm -hmm. Gomez has two covers on his track list. And I have three covers on my track list, recognizing that Antisocial is a cover, yes. 
And between the three of us, there are five different cover songs. So what you said, Jason, they do own their covers. They make them their own. They are part of who Anthrax is as a band. And I guarantee people are going to judge all three of us based on the fact that we included covers and didn't include songs like Caught in a Mosh, which is in my top list, like we were talking about earlier. Indians, which is in my top list. I just had to kind of go with what resonated with me, but these are three really different and awesome Anthrax playlists. And I love the fact that the only trifecta is be all end all, which probably wouldn't be everybody's first go to Anthrax track. So I love the fact that we trifected on that one. Well, what do you think about covers like and just bands owning it? Like a lot of Poison fans will sit there and say, well, I would have to put your mama don't dance on there. Molly Crew fans would want to put Smoking in the Boys Room on there. Yeah, they're cover songs. They're still good songs, and the bands that covered them owned them. Anthrax, every single time they have done a cover song, they've either nailed it. Like, I, I remember when um, Charlie Benanti had put out a video of himself just warming up so he could play the drum line from Anthem by Rush. And this was before Neil Peart had died. And even Neil Peart saw it and said, yeah, this is pretty awesome. Like that just tells you how good a band Anthrax is. Yeah, I, I love mm. these three playlists here. And and to be honest, I think the playlisters out there are going to have a hard time choosing this one, although they'll probably tell us otherwise. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, I, I ended with finale and I should have maybe ended with in the end. I'm probably going to get not a lot of because I ended mine with, I guess, was is their ballad. You know what I mean? And who the hell ends with a ballad? But I did. It was a you, hard choice. You might have Eric Church this one, man. You well, have no, no idea. If yeah. he Eric Church it, he would have picked starting up a posse, which is the closest thing to country that they got. Oh, my God. Can I tell you how much I love Attack of the Killer Bees? Starting oh. up a posse, I would just sit there and Beavis and Butthead over what they were saying. Because it was just a comedic song. But I love the cover of Parasite by Kiss. Mm -hmm. The mm -hmm. fact that they covered the Shantae's Pipeline hearing milk and chromatic death which i was familiar with from sod and then the beastie boys-esque version of i'm the man 91 i mean it's such a fun ep i can't say enough great things about that one i love that album my my only problem was the first time i got that cassette it was from columbia house Oh, you didn't get the one with all the bees on it, did you? Uh, I I got the one where it's you know censored, and <laughs> trust me, that album censored is no fun at all because it's just buzzing and buzzing and buzzing. Mm -hmm. Well, they they got they got my penny, so yeah. Honestly, I bet you that version is worth something now because I've I've never seen it except one of my buddies got that version. He was so pissed. Because he was like, oh, my God. And then I, if I'm not mistaken, isn't starting up a posse not even on there or is it all just. Yeah, because when you when you think about what that song is about and yeah. the chorus of that song, like, yeah, no, I, I remember correctly. That song is not on that cassette. They removed oh, man. it. Yeah, that's a fun one. Damn you, Columbia <laughs> House. All right. Well, Jason, why don't you go through your track list here? Track one through track 10 and let everybody know what your anthrax playlist is all right my perfect anthrax playlist for a live concert would have been at number one random acts of senseless violence number two room for one more number three got the time number four in my world number five nobody knows anything number six be all end all the only trifecta 
Number seven, Medusa. Number eight, Smokin'. Number nine, What Doesn't Die. Number 10, Fight Him Till You Can't. An honorable mention to Cup of Joe, the song that brought my wife and I together. Gomez, you will have to include that when you put together the playlist for this episode. I will just, just because so of that, that way the people that might not know it can hear it as well and and add a little exclamation point at the end of Jason's list. Not a problem. I could do that. Just remind me, please, because I'm probably going to forget already. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see if you can remember your 10, even though they're probably written down in front of you. Go ahead. <laughs> Actually, they're typed up in front of me. Oh, I left a piece of paper at work where I had my top 10. My 10. <laughs> so bring the noise. Track one. Fight them till you can't. Madhouse, London, Medusa, Be All, End All, Looking Down the Barrel of a Gun, In the End, Superhero, and Finale. All right, and my track list started off with Be All, End All, Got the Time, Hashtag Bass Players Unite, Madhouse, Refuse to Be Denied, The Devil You Know, In My World, I Am the Law, Only, Bring the Noise with Public Enemy and Antisocial. Three really fun Anthrax playlists. And now is the time that we turn it over to you, the amazing playlisters, to vote for which one of the three of us you feel got it right. And while you're over at PlaylistWarsPodcast.com doing that, why don't you chime in in the comments with your top 10 Anthrax songs because we want you guys to keep the conversation going with us. Let us know what you feel the top 10 Anthrax songs are. Comment at PlaylistWarsPodcast.com. Jason, why don't you tell people a little bit more about Made You a Mixtape and where they could find you? Okay, first of all, thanks to both of you guys for coming on to Made You a Mixtape. I there The interviews you guys gave were phenomenal Gomez, my wife still listens to yours and that was like a while back that like, is a while back I, anyone who who loves playlist wars go listen to the interviews with brian and gomez and you're gonna love them even more you guys are are absolutely wonderful so thank you both for coming on to the show the whole idea of made you a mixtape stems around one question if you had to introduce yourself to a total stranger but instead of saying your name, you hand them a tape, and on the tape are songs that tell the story of you. What songs are on that tape, and why are those songs there? So each episode, I have someone from any walk of life. I've had musicians on there, authors, broadcasters, podcasters, you name it. You know, and we learn a little bit about them, what they do, their life, and then we get to that question. Because it's one of those questions where if you think about the music that someone listens to and why those songs were important to them at that time, it tells you a lot about them. So this has been a, you know, a, a fun way to get to know people. And so far, everyone who's been on the show loves that question. They get it. And I, cause I always give it out in advance. I don't want to like yeah. drop that on someone. Cause that's like, then they'll sit there and go, Oh, you know, um, songs, I like I like songs. <laughs> so they come prepared and it, it's it becomes almost like the, this journey for themselves. You know, and it's fun to always kind of go back to those songs, revisit them, re-listen to them, and kind of it's it's a nice way of looking at your life by the music that made you who you are today. 
So if you're looking for me on Twitter, you can find me at the MYAM podcast. It's on all your audio streaming services. It's also on YouTube because I do it as video as well. But I also recently started a second podcast. It's called It's Not That Bad. And it looks at bad movies and only points out the good things in them. It's A grades in B movies. And I've talked about my wife quite a bit. She actually appears on a few of the episodes. You can find that one on Twitter at not that bad cast. And of course, we're all on good pods. God love good pods. You know, so you can listen to it's not that bad or made you a mixtape wherever you get your podcasts. Whenever you would like, I am going to volunteer Gomez and I to come on. It's not that bad to talk about Caddyshack too. Oh, oh God, the invite please. is there for you guys. Open invite. Absolutely. Because secretly, I kind of like Caddyshack, too. I don't <laughs> so know do why. I, and I know I Gomez do. does, too. Let's make that happen. That will be a oh. lot of fun, man. Oh, absolutely. Well, and that note, guys, I can't thank you enough. Brian, as usual, is my co-host. Thank you. Jason, made you a mixtape. I can't thank you enough for having me on your show. And I know Brian was just recently on and I know he can't thank you enough. Yeah. 100%. And I got to thank all the playlisters. We're going to see you next time when a new battle takes place on playlist wars. Good night, everybody. You can find playlist wars on Facebook and Twitter at playlist wars on Instagram at playlist wars podcast on email at playlist wars at gmail.com or via voicemail at 201-644-6498. That's 201-644-6498. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star review and be sure to tell a friend or multiple friends about the show. Until next time, thanks for listening.